I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Playoff baseball is nearing the final round, and I'm rooting heavily for the underdog. I'm not going to put any money on it, but just my cheers, my fist pumps, my enthusiasm will go towards the underdog. As in life... I always love a good story. And the underdog story is always a good one. Go Tigers. Go Giants. I had the chance to interview a few members of the Detroit Tigers this fall, or excuse me, this summer. Uh, um, Austin Jackson, um, Prince Fielder, and I think it's just those two. Both guys are great. Uh, the Giants, I haven't met any of the Giants yet, but, you know, I'm st- I'd still like to see them... Uh, return to the um, World Series. And, like, I mean, that wouldn't be, like, a blazing marquee matchup. It's not sexy. It's not Kate Upton, although Justin Verlander can speak on that. Have you seen her latest Cosmo spread? Fire. Tigers and Giants wouldn't exactly uh, set the ratings on fire, but it would still be exciting. Glad you found us on iTunes. Don't forget to sign in and rate the podcast. If you have a moment, love the comments and love the support. Uh, glad you found us on Twitter or on Facebook. And if you're on a road trip or you're at the gym or you're studying, this won't be the usual time waster that it is. A story. A good story. A great story. Today, my guest has several He is the most charismatic player in Major League Baseball and a close friend. And he's on the phone right now. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. In my experience, the best baseball player to interview based on his personality, his talent, And his honesty, a very honest player, and oftentimes one of the predominant faces on This Week in Baseball because of his million-watt smile and his comfort in front of the camera, I am pleased to be joined by 77-time Gold Glove winner, (laughs) Tory Hunter of the Anaheim Angels. Hello, sir. What's up, man? 77 times, really? Yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Was it it 79 times or 80 times? What are you trying to say? I'm, I'm that old, huh? No. <laughs> I'm trying to say that you're that gifted, buddy. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, I, it's nine. Is it nine? Nine and a possible. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, does, uh, does Rawlings send you checks for that? Uh, uh, can I, uh, yeah. Or is it, or, or is it? They, they send me a check for it. It's pretty good. They do. See, oh, that's, you know, and the only reason why I ask you that, I'll tell you this quick story. 
I was once, uh, I was in the Toronto Blue Jays uh, clubhouse, and I was, Vernon Wells, who is now your teammate, had a love seat in front of his locker. For some reason, there's a two-seater. So me being the jerk that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm laying in the love seat in front of his locker. I, and I'm, it's, it's as though I'm a player. And I have no business being there, being that relaxed in that clubhouse, but I was. So then I noticed a check on top of Vernon's, his shirts, his folded shirts in his locker. I was like, yo, V-Dub, V-Dub, let me see that check. And, and, and Dub was like, man, it's, it's not even that much. I'm like, no, well, V-Dub, come on, let me see that check. He's like, really, it's not that much. I'm like, dude, what's not that much to you could be a hell of a lot to me. So then he kind of laughed, and then he gave me the check, and I, and I noticed it was from Rawlings. So I was like, oh, okay. So, and it, it, was, it was, you know, pretty normal size check. Um, but it was from Rawlings. And it did have, like, and I know that Vernon's won, I want to say, like, three gold gloves or two or three or something. I think three. I think he won three gold gloves. So, so now, well, you were run nine. So you've been getting money from Rawlings for a while. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, my wife takes it. <laughs> so, <laughs> give me the check. For me. It's, uh, she takes it, it, and then she goes straight to the mall. <laughs> and, and every day I look at the clothing she's wearing. It's from my Rawlings Gold Glove. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, uh, what's, mine is, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Yeah, none of it, none of it is mine at right. all. Right, yeah. I can't, I can't do anything. When I go shopping, I got to ask her, can I go shopping, please? No, you know, I'm, I'm tough. I'm, I'm tough. She's not in here, but I'm tough. I'll, I'll run the house. <laughs> you run the house when she's not home. Let me open the door and see if she's outside. Hold on. <laughs> hey, so uh, where, where are you right now, Tori? I'm, I'm here in uh, North Dallas, Metroplex, uh, and, and down here. And it's good weather today, man. It's 75, 77 degrees or something like that. And, you know, I've been riding in my little 64 Impala, just riding around, you know, working on my tan. What color so is it? Cool. It's a blue 64 Impala, man. I got it painted. I got it hooked up and everything. I had it for like eight years. And that's my favorite car, man. There's no new car out there that I like more than a 64 Impala, and I drive it all the time. What, what color blue? It's like a, um, it's a navy blue. Oh, okay. Blue. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it is it glossy? Yeah, it's pretty glossy. I got the gloss all over it. It's got, like, sprinkles? It got a little sprinkles in it. It got a little sparkles in it. You sparkles, can see it. sparkles. That's what I meant, sparkles. Yeah, so sometimes when the sun shines on it, you can see the little sparkles down the street. You know, with my 64 Impala, you know, everybody's, you know, all the older, older folks are everybody really and just you had a stoplight and they were giving me the thumbs up and the fist out of the, out of the car and screaming and yelling you know you drive your your nice vehicle and everybody's like oh he's stuck up you right. know so i don't drive i just drive the 64 impala stay humble <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh where did you get it i got it from uh a lineman at minnesota vikings as a football player his name was pat williams and uh and i he's a lineman with the Vikings. He used to be and uh, I got it from him in, like, 2004. And uh, uh, so he gave me a good price. I actually negotiated the price. He wanted to get it off his hand. He had, like, four of them. I was, I've been looking for one for years, and uh, he had four of them. So four of I them? Took, oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, he has four of them. He had a collection. So I just took it off his hands. You know, I figured he didn't want four, so let me just take one from him. Well, like, like Herman Edwards said in that ESPN documentary, 30 for 30, you only have one bum. So what are you doing with four cars? Oh, man, he had four cars. Well, he got four old-school cars. So, I mean, you're thinking these fans, you know, to get the old-school cars, he's paying about 30. You know, they're not really souped up. They're, 
they're nice, but they're they're kind of original. Right. Yeah, they're, like uh, they were like thirty, twenty grand or something. If you go broke from buying a, four cars, then you'd have no money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Right. Think well, about it. yeah, I I have zero cars, so I I definitely don't have. I'm below yeah. the if, poverty if line. If you buy those cars and you don't have zero coming in, and you keep buying cars, four cars every year, and you keep doing it within five to ten years, yeah, you're gonna be broke. Yeah, or you and, and you're and you're really dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. You got zero coming in. You got to know business. You got to know that you know the cost of living. You got to know uh, in, uh, inflation. You got to know all these these things, the fees and all this stuff. You're not gonna get seven, ten percent anymore. You get maybe six percent off your interest. So you know, it's little <laughs> things that you got to know. I just wanted to throw a little knowledge out there to <laughs> let you know that I know a little bit. Call you Tory <laughs> Bloomberg, the Bloomberg markets, real quick. Hey, how did you how did you resist the urge to ball out of control? when you came into a lot of money at a young age? Well, for me, I had responsibilities early, man. I've been married 17 years, and, uh, and, and you know, I had my kids young, and uh, I had two boys young, and, and uh, so I, I actually, you know, I, I, I took myself out of it, and mm. I was thinking more along with my, my kids and my, you know, what I'm going to do. I got to get college ready for them. I had scholarships ready for them since they were one and two years old and different things like that. So I had, a, I had to plan early. So I put all that away, and I'm still playing. I didn't plan to play this long, but I'm still playing. I'm still making good money, and, and I just put it away. And, and then I started. I told myself I will never not learn the business. So you get some of the players that, uh, that get in. They're just, they're just happy to put, play in the game of baseball and uh, never ask the financial advisors, hey, teach me. Teach me about the basics of, of rate of return or different things like that. And 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 if financial advisors, he says no, just think, worry about playing baseball. I think you should fire him because your financial advisor should teach you that stuff, the basics and how to save money, the budgeting your money, different things like that. And you get a lot of financial advisors that don't teach these guys; they keep them in a the cold and they know nothing. And and that's how you go broke because you give them power of attorney. Hmm. That's the like, you know. After I don't. Did you see that uh, that documentary, Thirty for Thirty? Yeah, and you know the guy Ed Butowski is my financial advisor. I was his first athlete, and, and that's how he came up with it. Oh. So Ed Butowski as my financial advisor. So you you were that dude that he based his whole like blueprint on. This is what Tory right. Hunter did, and this is why I'm going to make sure Tory Hunter and the, his next four generations always have money. Right. He taught me everything. I mean, I fired like four or five of my financial advisors after I met him seven years ago, eight years ago. He started teaching me. And I saw that they were taking fees here and there, buying and selling, buying and selling. And that's how they get their fees. They're cut. They keep buying and selling. So why you buy something, you sell it 24 hours later. Ah, you can get a fee out of it. You're right? right. Yeah. So I had to check them on that. And I fired four of them. And he, he's one of the reasons, you know, why I did that. This has just turned into the Wall Street Journal financials, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't yeah. know that Tory Hunter had this much this much uh, equity, uh, sort of like academic equity as far as the financials go. You see him on the field with athletic prowess, but now he is yeah. introducing you to his economic game. I got, a little, I got a little something in there, man. I'm just no dumb jock. <laughs> got, hey, matter of fact, if anything, I got street sense. Nice. Anything, I got a little street sense, common sense. That, that actually saved my life. So, okay. I know I... Huh? <laughs> I should have just let you preach. You're a preacher right there, and I interrupted you. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> no, I just, I just know 
You know, I had one guy, you know, I'm not going to call his name. No, wait, wait, no, Tori, say his name. Say his name. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. It'll make you feel better one, to say his name. You no, know, it won't. I, I actually had a guy. He's out of the game. He's gone. Perfect. And, uh, That's even better. So no one can really, <laughs> people can't even find this dude anymore to tell him. So you might as well just say his name. The statute of limitations uh, is up. It was it was amazing because he, uh, he's, he's from the Dominican Republic. And, you know, he didn't, he, he was cool. He just didn't know much about his finances. So he let his agent take care of everything, right? His agent took care of everything, like paid the bills and different things like that. So one day we looked at his his uh, uh, statements, and we looked at the statements, and we saw insurance was like, you know, he had two cars, a Toyota Sequoia and a Mercedes. So I'm thinking, you know, roughly around $400 a month for insurance, right? Yeah. 500 somewhere around there. Well, his insurance was five thousand a month. Whoa! It, it says car insurance five thousand a month. You know, uh, it says electric bill. You know, a thousand a month. No chance. Wow! No way. So we're just looking at all this, and he's paying all his bills to the agent, and his agent was sticking him for like you know fifty grand a year almost. Oh my gosh! That... Because he didn't want to know. He just played baseball, let his agent take care of everything. And that's what a lot of guys are doing, letting their agents be a financial guy. Your agent is not a financial guy. Your agent is not a doctor, a lawyer, anything like that. He's a baseball guy. So that's why I tell a lot of players when I'm in the clubhouse or with the younger guys, I teach them all this stuff. I'm being fruitful, giving them everything, whether it's, it's baseball, whether it's you know uh, finances or family issues or anything like that. Everything I went through, I try to give it back to all the players uh, um, that, that come up from the, in the system and like the Mike Trouts and the Mark Trumbos and different things like that. I try to give it to them and everything I got. Shoot, even Mauer and Morneau and Denar Stan, when I was with the Twins, I gave it to them. I'm on the phone with Tory Hunter of the Anaheim Angels, 11-time Gold Glove winner and economic strategist. You can see him on MSNBC tonight. Uh, he's, also, uh, he's also appearing on CNN tomorrow with Pierce Morgan. Uh, maybe I made that up, but you know, he could be, yeah. uh, not, yeah. you mentioned street sense. Now a dude who doesn't seem to have a lot of street sense is Floyd Mayweather. Whenever he's on HBO 24 seven, he's always seen with like stacks of like tens of thousands of dollars on him. What's the most cash you've ever had in your possession? Oh man. In my, in my pocket, I would say 2,500. 2500 Wow, okay. Because this dude walks around with a backpack with a couple of milli. Like, oh, well, that's, 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 I mean, that ain't even street sense. I don't know what that is. That's like, that's 100% flossing, you know. But I can tell you what, as long as he got big money coming in, that's fine. But when he starts, when you stop boxing, you're not making that check anymore, you're not, zero is coming in, you can't live like that. Within five, you keep living the way you're living as when you were getting paid. Five years after that, you're going to be broke. 100%. So wait, you had 2500 is probably the most you've ever had in your pocket? Yeah, $2,500. So that's like, is that like, you know, just a regular Friday night? Or were you at like a casino? Or what, what's that? What do you, where do you think you were with that on that particular day? Probably, probably uh, playing cards on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't in the streets. I was going from one terminal and getting on the plane. Play cards, get off the plane, get on the bus, straight to the hotel, ready to play. Tori. And we get up in the air, we, we play cards, and, and I win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I win a lot. 
a lot. Trust me. Who was who was like who was the greatest mark of all time of all your former teammates? Who was that dude that just couldn't resist sitting at the table and thought he had skills, but he would always get taken for oh, thousands of dollars? <laughs> hey, let me tell you who was the the best of all time was David Ortiz. They now call him Big Poppy. You know, David <laughs> Ortiz. Oh my God. Even when he got to the rest stop, we still played cards. But this one guy, we always say, let's make sure David's in the game. He and Paul Molitor. <laughs> really? That's a, when, when Ortiz, because he came up through the Twins. That's right. Yeah, the, he came the, up with the Twins. So, oh, my goodness. Man, we used to take his money all the time. He took it so much that he we caught him cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time you talk to him, say, Torres said, why is the jack at the bottom of the deck? And then he flipped it over. The jack that was the jack that was at the bottom of the deck ended up being in his his hand. I'm like, what? How's that possible? I just saw it at the bottom of the deck. And, and he, he he pretends like he he's so you know he's six three six four, so he stands up like, what are you talking about? I don't cheat. And we all stood up, say, you were cheating in this name. Okay, I did. <laughs> it was it was funny, boy. This guy is he is so funny, man. We had a good time with David, man. He's a, he's a great guy, man. He was one of my good friends and. And, uh, but that's the one guy I want in a car table because I know I'm going to have a lot of meal money for that road trip. <laughs> and I take the young guys out, too. And I'll be like, it's on David Ortiz. Order what you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, okay, so so speaking of your time in Minnesota, um, I remember once I saw you. We, we ran into each other at a Lakers game. It was the NBA Finals 2008 when it was Boston Celtics, it was I'm not sure what game it was, maybe game four or game five, were playing yep. in Los Angeles and you were yep. there with one of your sons. Now Tori Junior. With Tori Junior, okay, right. Yeah. And and he's at Notre Dame, you know that, right? He's he's uh he's going to Notre Dame next year. He gotta keep committed to Notre Dame, play football and baseball. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you about that in a bit because you 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 tweet a lot of photos of your of your kids and you seem like super dad and you probably I don't know if you're the dude that has like literally thousands of photos of your of your boys in various sports and all. Okay, I'm gonna get to no. that. I'm gonna get to that. In, no, I'm gonna get to that in just a second. So so when you're in Minnesota, describe your relationship with Kevin Garnett and your relationship with Randy Moss. <laughs> KG man, KG. He was a he was a good friend out there in uh, Minnesota, and uh, we both left the same year in uh, at the end of 2007. And uh, but man, we used to hang out together. Man, he's the most down to earth guy uh, I've, I've ever met. Man, superstar I've ever met. He's he's actually walking amongst the the, the fans, uh, walking downtown and shaking people's hands, signing autographs, kissing babies, doing all these things. He can run run for the governor there, and um, uh, so he's the most down to earth superstar you know I've met. And uh, Randy Moss, you know, we didn't we didn't we didn't get along too well. <laughs> oh, really? Why not? Uh, uh, well, you know, I think it was an incident one time. Uh, we went, I think, in nineteen ninety nine or ninety eight. We went up to um, one of the, to see the Rock wrestle. And uh, wait, you guys uh, went to a wrestling night, like yeah, like we WWF Raw or something, like Monday Night Raw or something like that. Yeah, it was me, Kirby Puckett, Jock Jones, Matt Lawton, Latrell Hawkins, and uh, we all went up to to watch that. And we were with Chris Chris Carter. Uh, he was a football player, wide receiver with the Vikings. Then you know everybody knows Chris Carter, and um, and uh, so he, we were there with him and Kirby Puckett. And then he said Moss was coming up, so we was excited to see Moss. And and uh, we came up, and he gave me a dead handshake, like 
like his hands was just it wasn't a firm shake, it was just like dead, like, hey, what's up, what's up? You know, I'm like, That's that's not a man. Right. Shake yeah. my hand like a man. He just gave me a dead handshake and uh like he wasn't interested and um I didn't like that too much. And then the kid actual autograph up there and he kinda blew him off and got in the elevator, didn't say much to him. So I didn't I didn't really get get in, involved with him too much. So was that the only time that you ever, that you, that you like spent time with Randy Moss was in that, I guess you, you guys were in a suite or something at the, at the arena? Yeah. Yeah. We were at a suite and, uh, and then you think about it, 98, 99, we were, we were losing. And, uh, but in 2002, I think me and Jock Jones, we were at this place called Champs and it's, it's a place on Thursday night. It's pretty cool. It's like a restaurant, but everybody goes there to watch games and different things like that. And, and uh, so there's a lot of people in there. And next thing you know, he starts speaking, speaking to us. We were winning at the time, so Minnesota was jumping. He started speaking to us, and we never really spoke to him. We're like, he's like, y'all come sit with me. You know, I'm like, man, no, I'm not sitting with him. Now I don't know why he's speaking to us. He's up to something. So we walked off, and that was the last time we saw him. Hmm, interesting. So, wow. So, yeah. so KG, your dude, Randy Moss, not so much your dude. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I guess he might be a good dude. I don't know, but I, I just he, he didn't rub me the right way. Right. Do you um do you think like where does KG rank in your like Tory Hunter's all time funniest people list? Does he crack your top ten? Who's that? Does Kevin Garnett crack your top ten, your personal funniest people I know list? Uh funniest people. Uh I say funniest. No, I think David Ortiz actually cracks that list. <laughs> <laughs> he got because you're laughing at him because you're taking like thousands of dollars from the dude. So you're not laughing. Yeah. You're you're not laughing with him. You're laughing it's at not, him. It's not just that. It's just not just that. David Ortiz is funny. Period. I mean, this is a guy who who thinks he's from New York. And he he thinks he speaks really good English. So, <laughs> so so David does the interview. You know coming up nobody would do an interview with him in minnesota because when they did the interview and he'll be like yeah that mother yeah that that's some that that every curse word was every third word was a curse word and he thought it was like normal <laughs> <laughs> i was like david what are you doing you can't say that on national tv <laughs> so they had to bleep him out or oh, either take funny. it off the air that is yeah, so funny. funny. He is funny. We put peanut butter in his underwear. What? What? Yes. This, this, I'm telling you, we got, I got a thousand stories, but they rated R. You only can get the PG version. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we put peanut butter in his underwear one day, me and Corey Koski. We put peanut butter all in his underwear. And so after the game, he came up, took a shower, you know, went over and put his underwear on. And he didn't do nothing. So we both Come on. Just watching and kind of, you know, didn't want to look too, stare too hard. But he put his underwear on. Then he put his pants on. Then he put his shirt on, his shoes on, socks, I mean, socks and shoes. And then he started walking. And he he walked 10 yards and then got to the door, stopped at the door and was like, you mother. <laughs> and everybody out in the club and everything. He took his pants off. He had to get, get back in the shower, take a shower. But, I was like, dude, you took 10 steps, put all your clothes on. Are you used to having stuff like that in your underwear? Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. You guys must have been, like, slapping the bench, like, oh, banging on oh. the walls, dying of laughter. Man, the whole clubhouse, garden hire, everybody, we were all on the floor, rolling, crying <laughs> with tears in our eyes. We could not believe he took 10 steps. That I, is unbelievable. <laughs> 
That's uh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to ask you for one more towards the end. So so just try to try to you know comb the the stories in your 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 folders in your mind and try to find uh-huh. one more great PG story. Um, so okay, I want to ask you about. Um, uh, Alex Rodriguez, and this is the only thing I want to ask you about Alex Rodriguez because you know I never talk X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. I just want to know, in your experience watching ha- with a you know you've had hundreds of different teammates, have you ever seen a move like A Rod did the other day when he signed? He wrote a note on a baseball, he gave it to the ball boy. The ball boy went over to a certain part of the stands, threw it to a couple of girls two rows back behind the dugout. <laughs> One girl, this who who turned out to be this Australian model named uh, Kira Kira uh, Tracy, got she she wrote her number down, threw it back to the ball boy, and the ball boy delivered it to A Rod to get her number. So that maneuver, have you seen that maneuver before? And if you if you haven't, have you seen a different one? No, that's actually the the that's like basic. That's what we all do. I mean. Not me, not me. That's what, <laughs> not, not, not me. I, I don't do that. You get in trouble. The no, other married, dudes, the other dudes did it. The other dudes did it. That's what that's what baseball players do. You know, you get a guy who's single or whatever. You don't want to send a piece of paper out there because everybody knows that's a note. But you send a baseball out there, it's like, oh, he's giving the baseball to two high blondes. <laughs> so, so he gave the ball to her, and he had a note on there, and then she gave it back. I'm pretty sure that's why he got caught because she gave it back, and everybody knows that's the base. That's the one way you do it as a baseball player. So, so that move is like a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other moves that we don't see on on TV? Uh, the bat boy has to do with every move, right? You no, know, because you don't want to go up there and be like, "Oh, the game is going on." You don't want to be the guy that that uh, uh, that's just looking in the stands trying to get phone numbers from a girl when the game is going on. So you send the ba- the bat boy. You send the bat boy up there to give her a piece of paper or whatever. I've seen notes and. And I've seen, uh, um, but that's it, just notes and baseballs and different things like that. But it always got something to do with the bat boy. The bat boy always does the dirty work. Who's the, Who's like the best guy that, like, the either the most efficient dude or the bat boy that just had, like, I guess the most efficient and perhaps the one who you felt or the guys felt the most confident in his abilities to execute these missions? Who was the one guy? Yeah, do you like of of your years of playing baseball? There's a one kid named Andrew or Muhammad or Stevie. Like, who was that one dude that like all like? There's a collection of guys that would run through Stevie like all the time. Oh man, it was well in my 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 days in Minnesota. It was a guy named Timmy Burke. And he's still there <laughs> working with the with the Twins. And uh, man, this guy did everything. He took your car to get washed or. You had a if you had a girl coming in and you was at practice, you had to pick her up from the airport. He'll get the car and go pick her up, you know, feed her, then take her back to the hotel, then come back, and then he does everything, man. Anything you need, he he'll go. He would go to the bank and not rob you. <laughs> <laughs> he'll go to the bank and withdraw money with your your debit card or your your card, your ATM card, and then he'd come back and give you the receipt and all the cash. Wow. (laughs) That's the one guy you can trust when he can go to a bank and look at this money and not take it. Right, and and see two point eight million dollars in your checking account, and be like, oh my gosh, this guy's not going to miss, you know, an extra four hundred bucks. But he would be that (laughs) dude. He would like give you every cent. Yeah, but I'm telling you, this guy just just by doing all that stuff, he might be the the richest guy in the clubhouse. He probably 
clears about a hundred grand a year. Just in tips, like guys just in giving tips. them extra little bucks, like for running errands for you, right? In tips, not the twenty grand or twenty five grand he make a year. In tips, <laughs> make about a hundred. Seriously, <laughs> the main, the your main guy is gonna make all the money. Tim, Tim, and shout out to Tim to, Burke. Huh? I said shout out to Tim Burke. Tim Burke, that's his name. And he actually, they, some people would throw a car and give him a motorcycle and different things like that. Oh, wow. Wow, man. Yeah. It, well, it pays, it, I mean, it, it pays to be honest, doesn't it? Yeah, it pays to be honest, though. Honesty, if people, if you're out there and you're listening, be honest. Be <laughs> <made> for that. <laughs> uh, there was a quote on SportsCenter where Kobe Bryant, when he was speaking about Alex Rodriguez, he said, uh, I think really the difference is sometimes Alex Rodriguez forgets he's the best, where I don't. Which is amazing. Like, that's amazing for someone. Like, Kobe just to say that. Like, Kobe's like 34. I mean, he's, he's already peaked. I mean, it, he probably, he's like Jordan, where he uses every little bit of criticism to fuel him. So, so yeah. but my question isn't about Kobe or A-Rod. My question to you is this. Who's the most confident athlete that you've ever faced or been around? The most confident athlete that I've ever faced has been around. Like you could, like, like that athlete would say something like Kobe Bryant just said. Ah, man, most confident athlete. Hoo-wee. There's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, um, Barry Bonds. Oh, right. Wow, okay. Barry, well, that... No doubt. <laughs> With no doubt, Barry Bonds is the most confident athlete of of our time, of my time, I know that. When, he knows he can play. Give me a Barry Bonds story, like you, where you guys were out at a dinner or at a charity event or something like that, or like you guys went to a a boxing a fight or something like that. Do you have one? No, no, no. You, I ain't going nowhere with him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another case where he's kind of on the in the Randy Moss grouping of guys? No, you know what we we had our we had our differences earlier. You know we. So we we've almost squabbled before. In Over what? Just you know things he said like uh, you know he said something like uh, at a dinner one time and you know and I was gonna pay for my own meal. He said no, nah, it's a free meal. Take it. You know like <laughs> you know, I can pay for my own meal. Right. So he just said take it or whatever or you know it's little things. There's it's some things that you know that that didn't, didn't go right with me and still we almost got in a fight. Like so, a like a like a war of words or a physical fight. We almost got in a physical fight in the lobby. So, of this of this restaurant? Of in, in Japan. And actually we actually became friends after that. Okay, so what happened? So, huh? What happened? We we end up going to dinner, we end up talking and then you know, we, we had some fun together, so it was cool. We, no 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 no. What there. happened leading up to that moment in the lobby, Tori? <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. That's nothing. Come on, Tori. That's it's that's the, the statute of limitations is over. It's up. That's hap- that story happened like ten years ago. <laughs> Nothing. That's what I'm saying. He just, you know, it was one one incident where he was like, "You guys, you know, about us, me and Jock Jones at the table," and he called me and Jock Jones out about the uh, about eating for free. He said we were freeloading. So, oh, see, so yeah, that and I was making like good money at the time. <laughs> Oh, so, see that, see that, yeah, I those like are fighting that. words. That's like that's a ta- that's attacking your integrity yeah. as a man. Yeah, I'm from the hood. I could pay for my own. I didn't actually pay for my meal anywhere. I just went with everybody. It was like 20 people with us. So he called me and jock out out of all people and said, "These two freeloaders are over here." 
Oh my God! Okay, so all right. Well, that, that's that's. I mean, that's you say something like that. You better guard your grill and knuckle up because like something's right, about to happen. Right. right. See, if if I fight you, it's gonna be a reason. <laughs> and you're a super nice guy. I've never seen you that's without okay. a smile on your face, unless you're getting hit by a pitch in, in the in the mouth or the wrist or something like that. It's the only time I've ever seen you not smile. <laughs> hey, you know what they say about those guys? It's real quiet and and nice and sweet. Don't don't get on their bad side. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the, the I only have a couple more for you. Uh, Dwight Howard was recently seen in L.A. wearing a turtleneck. What are your thoughts on turtlenecks? It's 2012. Hey, um, oh, man, you know, I, I know that's a style. It's like for women, bell bottoms came came back around, you know, from the 70s. You had the bell bottoms, and, and that's the style or whatever. Turtlenecks would never be the style for me. Right. I don't think you need a turtleneck in L.A. anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. What the hell is he doing wearing a turtleneck in L.A.? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he had a sweaty neck. So <laughs> nobody was kissing that neck that day. Hey, Tori, have you ever seen the the a blog called What the F is Michael Jordan Wearing? <laughs> no, but it sounds funny. Oh, dude, it's it's, yeah, what the F is Michael Jordan wearing and it's got to just like dozens of photos of Michael like I don't know if there's another athlete with his stature with style that's that terrible most specific more specifically his jeans this dude's a grown man wearing ripped jeans that are not in style do you know Mike could you text Mike are you are you guys that close uh, well, we know each other, but we're not really that close. But I know, I know, we hung out. And I know him and different things like that. But we're not that close. And you know, he tucks his shirt in. You know, sometimes <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's an old school guy, man. Mike, Mike is not you know thirty or twenty five or no. 35. Mike's like forty five. He's just forty five. I think he's about forty five. Maybe maybe older. No, I think he's close to fifty. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he's close to fifty. So you got you got to look, Mike. Mike is older, man. I mean, he's an old school player, man. It's, he what what he thinks that's in style might be out of style. No, yeah, and no, looks, absolutely, that's the case. Because doesn't Rick, matter what Michael Jordan wears. Doesn't even matter. Of like, course, Michael Jordan's an icon, though, Tori. He's an icon. Right, he can wear like uh, um, purple pants <laughs> with a green top. And and uh, pink shoes, and he can walk down the street, and the ladies will love him because he's Michael Jordan. Right, and he's still going to show up on that blog. What the f is Michael Jordan wearing? If he ever whirled out in the street with that on, you heard, you heard what Jerry Jones said about what? There's there's bad, there's no publicity. No publicity is bad publicity. All of it is good. So uh, what the f is Michael Jordan wearing? He's going to always be on that blog once he listen. Listen, a lot of people don't even, can't even get on the blog. But for him to have a blog, <laughs> he's doing something great. What's the uh, What's the worst outfit that you could remember wearing? Like the, maybe something from like '91 or like '92 when when there's remember like cross colors and like like there's like those awful like Fubu shirts and like uh, you know like the Bill Cosby sweaters. Like, do you, uh, yeah. Do you ever get caught? Okay. Like, is there are there any photos of you wearing that sort of stuff? No, no, I actually burned all those. But I, <laughs> I did have a, you know, those jean outfits we used to wear. Oh man, like, yeah, the denim on the top and the bottom. Yes. Yeah, yeah I had the denim the same. It's the same color. I had green pants, green uh, top, 
and a uh, white shirt on one time. I thought I was clean, and you know, at the time <laughs> everybody thought I was clean because everybody was looking for something like it was, it was a Jabot outfit. Remember Jabot? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was 1993, and I wore the Jabot jean outfit, and it was green, like dark green. Right, right. And, and I had on uh, some Harachis, some green Harachis, green and white Harachis. Yes. And it all matched, and I look good. But when I look at that picture today, I'm, I'm like, why do we wear stuff like that? And it was you super remember, baggy, you the, too. You remember the necklace with the uh, <laughs> with the African... Uh, yes, uh, with, the, with the continent of Africa on it. Yeah, yeah, those Africa yeah. pendants. Yes, yes. <laughs> I look at them like, what the... What do we have on? I would never <laughs> wear that today. <laughs> You're just you're dressing like Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Like you yeah, he yeah. always wore those outfits. Yeah, once they got BET, you know, Black Entertainment TV at the time back then, you know, that was the hottest thing going. So when you see guys with it on, you're like, Yeah, I'm gonna give me some of that because so and so is wearing it. Right. Houdini wearing it. I'm gonna wear some leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> it was like whatever it was could either be like some kicks or it could be it was like Timberland boots. Right. Right. So we all wore it. Right. And, and, and one of those other uh, brands was like Carl Kanai. Carl Kanai was very big in that era. Man, Carl Kanai. But you know what? The number one, though, the number one thing that everybody, well, I don't care who, what color you were or who you were, whatever. I had on glitter socks <laughs> with, a, with some leather black pants. And some penny loafers with a penny in it. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, with the thriller jacket. Oh my that? gosh! Wow. Well, that's a little earlier. That's not '90s. That's what, like mid '80s. Hey, yeah, mid '80s. That was my worst outfit ever. I still got that picture. Well, you so must have been like ten in that photo. Like, you can't even really help that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't ten. I was like, I was by yeah, I was by eleven, twelve. <laughs> 10, 11, 12. I was about 10, 11, 12. The yeah. glitter socks. That's unbelievable. That's amazing. Yeah, and I wore them to school, and, you, and they're like, wow, they look good, man, everything. <laughs> and now that I think about it, I'm like, that was terrible. That was oh, terrible. Was it ever? I mean, you could you could wear that for Halloween now and be like, people be like, oh, your your outfit is amazing. Your costume's amazing. Be like, no, no, I used to wear this for real. I actually wore this for real to school. To be cool, and I saved up money to get the glitter socks. <laughs> <laughs> Tori, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here on this. When I saw when I came to Anaheim uh, earlier this year, I interviewed you and yeah, you and uh, uh, Vernon and um, Howie, and you gave me great material as per usual. I probably interviewed you like eight times, and every time you give me amazing stuff. Now while I was talking to Vernon. I said, uh, "Dude, are you gonna?" Um, are you going to buy a team after you retire? He goes, yeah, there's there's a plan to. I'm like, what? I, and I just threw it out there jokingly. I'm like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Are you? He goes, oh, there's a group of, of us that are talking about it. So I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, you guys would change the game. Like, former players as a as a crew. And there's, um, you know, there's only maybe like 20 or 30 dudes that could pool some money together to actually legitimately do this. Are you in on that plan? <laughs> I am. I am one of the guys. You know, Vernon and I just we got together. You know, what two years ago, and we just started brainstorming, and we thought about doing it. We wanted to start in the minor league level first and work our way up, but we do want to own the team. And you know, it might be five, ten years from now, but that is definitely in our plans, and we're making plans right now. And it's going to be a, a while from now, but I'm just one of the seven that we want. So, so so far, it's you and Vernon. Who else is in there? Like that's committed, that's confirmed, and it's part of this. 
I don't even know what to call you guys. I like call you like the X Men or something. Like you guys, you guys need a name, like a superhero name, like the Syndicate or something like that. The the Conciliary or I don't know the Commission or something. We're not. We're not actually. You know, we don't have too many guys. We only have like a couple. But Vernon and myself, you know, Carl Crawford. That's what we're trying to get into. Uh, we're trying to get Dion into it, Dion Sanders. And uh, so, I mean, we got a couple of Sheffields on board. So we, we actually have a couple of guys that really want to jump in and, and get it done. So we'll see what happens. Dude, how much does this guy have to put in? Oh, man, I don't, we don't know. See, we, that's the numbers, we really don't know what we're going to put in or how much we're going to put in. We're just trying to figure out how much it's going to cost uh, to, to start. Um, it's at least it's at least up. eight figures, though, isn't it? It's like like double digit millions, no? No, not minor leagues, not minor leagues. Minor leagues, you probably get a team for between ten and fifteen. Oh, so you guys so, aren't going right? You guys could probably buy the Pirates for fifty million. I mean, I don't know what they're valued <laughs> at, but either I mean, the Pirates or the Brewers are like uh, the no the Royals. You know, it's the Pirates or the Royals, do, right? What you know what guys do, right? I mean, guys come in with. To buy a team, you come in with $10 million, right? You have $10 million, which is a lot. You know, you have $10 million. You get a loan. And you get the loan. You get the loan. You get the, t- you get the team. And you, you get all the money, all the revenue. You pay your loan off. And then that's when you start making your money. So it might take you seven, ten years to really start getting money. But you do own a team. So after seven, five, seven, ten years, you actually get – that's when you start getting your, your, your money. Dude, you, this is this is you really are like on some Wall Street Journal, you know the NYSE Nasdaq tip, where you're. <laughs> this is amazing. This I I, ho- I really hope you get this plan comes together and you guys can get the right guys on the, the right guys on board and hire the right brain trust and do it because that, that'd be we amazing. Want, we want Jeter in there because that's what he wants to do too. So we we gonna try to get together and get it done. Well, good luck to you. And if you need an idiot to be. To be to front your you know your your digital team or your media team, holla at your boy. You would definitely be that guy because you're you're very good at what you do, man. You're very good at getting the, the the players' personalities out and having a little fun with it. I see you all the time with Jeter and different guys like that, and you get the personality out of those guys. And uh, that's mostly because so I'm an idiot. You know. huh? That's mostly because I'm an idiot. But I do thank you for that. Yeah, but you never wrong with being an idiot. You're, you're a funny idiot. You're an idiot that I laugh. You're one of the idiots that we can laugh at, not an idiot that we'd be like, man, he's an idiot. But you're an idiot that I laugh at. You're the funny idiot. Well, th- <laughs> <laughs> well thank you, Tori. I do appreciate that, man. And, um, hey, next summer, if the if the schedule lines up, we'd love to have you back at our party. No, definitely, man. You know, I'll definitely be there. That party you threw is unbelievable. Thank you, it was, sir. It's the best party ever, and and I'm upset that we come in when you're not throwing it. So make sure you you schedule that party for those those days that we're there. Perfect. I don't know what team I'm gonna be with, but make sure. You... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Whatever team you're with, we'll uh, we'll we'll we will plan accordingly. Definitely. Awesome. Right, my man. Awesome speaking to you, man. Enjoy your off season. And uh, last thing is, um, I know you're not rooting for any particular team, but who would you like to see win uh, the 2012 World Series? Um, I would definitely. You know, I'm, I'm an American League guy. Never been to the National League. I respect the Cardinals. I grew up a Cardinals fan in Arkansas from in, from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Little Rock Travelers was uh, the Double A team, and we used to go up there when I was a kid to watch the. Uh, the double A team for the Cardinals, 
And uh, so I love the Cardinals, but I got to go with the Detroit Tigers. Man, I'm an American League guy. I know all those guys. And I know Verlander, Scherzer, Fister, Sanchez, all those guys. That's a tough team to beat. So if I was a bad man, I would go with Detroit, but I like the Cardinals. All right. Well, hey, you heard it here. You heard it here. The gospel, according to Tory Hunter, 87-time Gold Glove winner in the American <laughs> League. I, it is my pleasure speaking with you, as always, my dude. All right, Cabby, man. You be safe, man. Have a, have a good one, man. Merry Christmas and, and all that stuff. <laughs> Happy New Year because we're going to make it there. <laughs> Perfect, man. Perfect. Thanks again. All right. The Washington Post, The Economist, the New Yorker, maybe the, uh, the uh, maybe the Atlantic should have Tory Hunter as a member of one of their as a or maybe as a contributor, because uh, as he said, he's not just a dumb jock, and it sounds like he's got his finances in order and then some. Every athlete should see the ESPN documentary broke because it was fascinating. And Torrey Hunter is the opposite of that. Like, the dude's going to buy a team. Imagine you got, like, Torrey Hunter, Vernon Wells. Um, who else did he say? They're working on Jeter. Carl Crawford. Guys who base, guys who have, like, close to nine-figure deals. Um, you know, uh, Mark Teixeira. Basically, like, six guys on the Yankees. Alex Rodriguez. CeCe Sabathia. Um, I think Barry Zito. I think he's at the end of his, but he's he had a he had a big one. Uh, Joey Votto, Prince Fielder. Like, imagine if like six or eight or ten of these guys got together, they could easily buy the Kansas City Royals or the Detroit Tigers, maybe even the Cleveland Indians or the Oakland A's, and they would legitimately change the game. I wonder if Tory would give me um. A loan for my dog rental business idea. It's not the most sound idea, but I think for the people that would use it, they get a lot of bang for their buck. And I do mean bang. I'm going to have to hit him up for the, uh, in the next few months, though. I either hit him up before Christmas. It's probably before Christmas, because then around Christmas, although people are feeling really generous, ooh, maybe that's it. But he's probably already... See, he's going to have to clear it with wifey, because wifey... She controls all the, um, she's the boss. As Tony Parker once said, happy wife, happy life. I forgot to get stories about his kid, about uh, Tory Jr. too. I'm going to have to get that next time. About going to Notre Dame and him being a super dad. If you want to follow Tory Hunter on Twitter, it's ToryHunter48. T-O-R-I-I-H-U-N-T-E-R-4-8. A great guy. A great follow. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the real cabbie, which is C-A-B-B-I-E on the word cabbie. Enjoy your day. Hope you enjoyed the stories. I'm Cabbie, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.